Hello everybody and welcome to episode 4 of the Council of Fans podcast and I want to thank everybody for the support so far, thanks for all the private messages and leaving all the lovely comments in the comment sections down below and as always I am firstly joined by Tube, aka Galifane. My Gavanin, hope you're doing well today. Thank you my friend and his links and YouTube channel will be in the description below and I'm also joined by Beva Unwell Nikki. Hello, my friend. Maya Gavan and Melanie. Um, as always, loving the Elven. And also, I'm joined by the Lord of the Rings on Prime Reddit users. Firstly, Mr. Penguin Poppins. Hey there. And finally, Ken. Hi. So, in today's video, we're going to be looking at specific storylines that we might see in the Amazon show. And... We know, for example, we're going to see some of the more bored ones. We can probably plan we're going to see someone deceiving the elves, deceiving some elves in a region. But we want to actually pinpoint some down. And this, some may say this is similar to the first one, but we looked at more broader themes. So we want to properly nail it down in today's podcast. But before we start, as I think for when this does come out, we're going to be about three or four weeks behind. But I believe yesterday, Disney announced 10 new Star Wars and I believe Marvel shows and the reason I'm bringing this up and up to a discussion for everyone is because does this mean that Amazon have to up their game because they're finally going to face a lot of competition because beforehand it was the Mandalorian and I believe we could say the House of Dragon would be the direct rivals but now they've got so about 20 shows over the next few years they're gonna have to deal with of course none will be up stage but I believe that now when we have shows and normally say if you put it into genres genres like fantasy sci-fi but with marvel um lord of the rings and star wars i believe they have their own separate genre by now have them all the famous ip because for example star wars is a sci-fi show but it doesn't really count as one because it's a star wars show so it's in a separate category so with the success of the mandalorian how do you think Amazon fares in the future? Because if this does release in 2021 or 2022, how will Amazon face off with this? You know, that's a good question. Uh, I've kind of, uh, and I'm thinking back to the numerous talk conversations we've had on this. And for me, I've always thought that Amazon, uh, why overpay for the scraps of notes on the second age one i think they feel that they probably could get that for cheaper than they could get the silmarillion uh two uh they know that tolkien and middle earth is a brand uh three you've got the second age is a little bit more of a blank slate you can do a lot more with that than you can with the first or third age and finally speaking of the third age uh you know, even I'm kind of feel like there's room for different adaptations of Lord of the Rings. I feel like the movies that they did went really deep on the spectacle side of things. They kind of uh, they kind of undermined or didn't really utilize or they pay or just paid lip service to some of the themes in the book while undermining them narratively. But, you know, there's not really much of a demand for a remake of Lord of the Rings. So I think they saw Middle Earth as a way to create a uh, their own media empire to compete with the other guys out there. Because right now they're playing catch up to Netflix, Hulu, Disney, etc. So, that, you know, that's why I think they did this. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, and... Um... 
it's true that all these IPs can be treated as kind of genres in their own right, but you know, when the Lord of the Rings movies came out, um, there was Harry Potter and a bit of Star Wars kind of clashing at the same time, but I think Lord of the Rings succeeded partially because it scratched a different itch than those other franchises. And I'll, I'll always say that Star Wars is very Tolkien-like, but it's still different, and it's especially different from this, I think, because everything, and I don't watch a lot of Star Wars content outside of the movies, and it's the same with Marvel. Um, those movies and TV shows are basically adventure movies, and this really, really isn't that. It's not. It's kind of political almost, really. Um, and I think it will, it, it's, it's much more in the same line with Game of Thrones and its prequel than it is with Mandalorian, which I haven't seen an inch of, but still. Uh, it's, 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 it's enjoyable, but it's nothing groundbreaking. Yeah. I'd agree. The first season was better as well. Uh, the um, second season, they try to connect. They're trying to connect it with everything that's ever happened in Star Wars, and whereas I kind of enjoyed it more when it was just in its own little corner of the galaxy. And it's well, and the mistake they made, in my opinion, in the first season that should have been the replacement for the um, for the Star Wars movies that were, in my opinion, very very bad. Rather than in the second season making it important to the whole world of Star Wars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm a Nikki, little bit concerned are- about, um, like, I mean, we haven't really talked about this, but um, the fact that even on their Amazon uh, Pro- Rings on Prime Twitter page, they only have 182,000 followers as of yet. And I feel that's low compared to where it should be, but it's because they're being so secretive. So one could argue that this is working and it's going to explode in popularity when it comes out. Um, but the fact of the matter matter is, if they don't get the amount of views that they need for the first two seasons, it's gonna get discontinued. The show is gonna get cancelled. Uh, so I am a little bit concerned about this. Um, I want to see those numbers rise because all of the lead actors as well, they're they've been announced. They should be gaining tons of followers, but there's still some of them that don't even have any new followers yet. So. I'm a little bit concerned about their marketing strategies, but I'm hoping that when the show actually happens, that that will all change. It's too early to market it. I mean, uh, the marketing cycle for a production is something that needs to be carefully planned, carefully plotted, uh, nurtured and fed. And so when the hype, they feed the hype, they feed the hype. So then when it's at its all-time peak, that's when you release the show. So I'm not surprised that they really haven't uh, done any, you know, done any marketing. I kind of th- wish they would engage with the fans a little bit more. But, oh, yeah, uh, ba- but where are the fans that are going to be, you know, we're going to be tuning in the moment the show turns on one way or another. So they don't need to market, market to us. And the trailer hasn't even come out yet. I think once the trailer comes out, and I'm assuming that they're going to advertise it across a very wide variety of stations um i think all the followers of not just the lord of the rings on prime but also the individual actors is going to at least triple yeah but how how many followers does russell crowe have 
Maybe <laughs> Santa probably you mean, a you mean, huge you amount. You mean Santa Claus? Yep. Either one, but maybe they're saving. I believe Amazon are saving two to three A-list actors that they're going to bring in because I just don't believe God they could push a show like Lord of the Rings that far. Because I believe compared to Star Wars and Marvel, Lord of the Rings is currently or the Lord of the Rings IP is currently a bit behind. Because of course people are going to mostly tune in, but as I think Penguin mentioned, I think in a while back that. Most of most of his friends haven't haven't heard about this show. Most of mine that uh, that know a lot about shows have hardly heard about it or or not. Because I think that's the problem with Amazon R. Because even I believe with Game of Thrones all those years ago, some people knew oh there's a Game of Thrones show happening, and we heard about the Mandalorian quite early, and there's a build up, but not a lot of people know about um the, this show. So what's everyone's opinions on that? Do you think that's where Amazon have gone wrong a bit? No, not yet. So you... Not yet. There's still time, but... There is a lot of time. If we return to Middle Earth in 2021, I will be very surprised. It will be a pleasant surprise, but uh, surprise nonetheless. I think they also have yeah. to be a little bit secretive because the risk is if they go out too hard, then they're going to create a lot of drama because there's already there are so many discussions about what's right and what's wrong and people taking offense by rumors or... Um, someone says it, it contains nudity and some get really angry about this and say they want to boycott the show. So I, I guess they, they kind of just, they, they're doing it right at the moment, but I'm still concerned because I want this show to make it so bad. So, uh, yeah. yeah. And I'll sh- I'm going to put a, a, a question out here right now. So say you're a neutral fan who just loves shows, who's great and you know um, hardly anything about any of these shows I'm going to mention. So, so I, I want a response from everybody. So you're a neutral fan, and you've got an, the Obi Wan Kenobi show, and you've got the Lord of the Rings show. In your opinion, so you're a neutral viewer. Who's and you have to choose one show. Which one do you think people go to? I know people have preferences, but due to popularity, etc., which one would people go to? Uh, Lord, I, I'd say right now people would gravitate towards the Star Wars uh, show. Uh, my reasoning being Star Wars has been around for years. There's a much bigger in, uh, in terms of entries. Uh, They're more the, the fran- the, Yeah, the franchise is much more, whereas, you know, people think Lord of the Rings. And yeah, you know, your average Joe out there, I, you know, I don't mean a fan, but they probably all, you know, love the Lord of the Rings movies. You can't Probably really compare all. the two, though. It's high I'm, fantasy and science fiction, so it's uh, kind of like no, it's I'm, very fantasy. It's space fantasy. It's very, very similar. But yeah, there are differences, sure. But well, that's why I'm, I put I'm into not, the but, IP but, genre. There's Star Wars and Lord of the Rings, and like for example, Game of Thrones. Thing they've you can potentially put them into well, their it's, separate it's, genre. It's, 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 well, the the question he's asking is. Well, let's just say you're flipping on the channel. You you know you you like Star Wars. You like Lord of the Rings. Which one are you more likely to turn on right yeah. now? And uh, you know, they're in the context of Disney Plus versus Amazon Prime. Uh, well, my wife and I we've been Amazon Prime members for years because of the uh, you know free two day shipping. That's been great. Oh, and then we also occasionally watch uh, the uh, stuff that they have on the Amazon Prime streaming. Uh, but you bet as soon as Disney Plus was released, we signed up for that because we've got uh, small children. And, you know, Disney is a very easy thing to turn on while we want to clean the house or something like that in the background. So 
uh, you know, for your average, uh, a lot of people, you know, aren't Amazon Prime members. So one, Disney Plus, by virtue of being Disney and having that massive in-house library, yeah, they've got the audience already. Two, uh, Star Wars, people are far more used and accustomed to expanded Star Wars media. There were the Star Wars expanded books in the 90s, the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. Most of those books ranged from mediocre to terrible, but they were still out there. Uh, There's the prequels. There's the sequels. There's the Star Wars cartoons. There's all sorts of other Star Wars media. So people are going to be very comfortable with the idea of an Obi-Wan Kenobi spinoff. Now, what are they going to do with Obi-Wan Kenobi hanging out in the desert for, you know, 20 years or whatever? I don't know, but I'm sure there's some narrative in there that uh, you can run with. So I think Lord of the Rings is going to have to do something to grab eyeballs. Because uh, once again, with the thing, interesting thing about the streaming platforms versus movies, with movies, you're talking about in, you know two-hour commitment. With uh, streaming, with a TV show, you're talking about 30-minute to an hour commitment every week uh, for an indefinite period of time. So... I think there's a lot more competition for those eyes than there is for your Star Wars. But that does also stress the importance of the name of the show. So we currently know it's called Lord of the Rings on Prime. And this is where Amazon, because Amazon still have, uh, as you said, plentiful amount of time to change this. But seeing the name of the show would be really important with that. Because, for example, Obi-Wan Kenobi, a lot of people in general culture and society know that. So Amazon could do that. And some people did suggest like, Lord of the Rings, Anatar is the Lord of the Rings, and so on, etc. Yeah. But which way they oh, could go? Oh, I definitely agree. Name is so important, and I would like to see the name of the first season as well. If they're going to name every single season, I want to see the name of the show and the first season. That will help them gain so much attention. The name is important, but I think the marketing is more important because. Uh, well, that's was, part of the marketing. The, Oh well, I mean, to, let me let me elaborate on that thought. What's the Lord of the Rings spinoff? Uh, that's about the that's set like a hundred years before the Harry Potter. I'm oh, sorry, the Harry Potter spinoff that's set a hundred or so years before Harry Potter. Fantastic Potter movies and where to find them. Yeah, if I didn't. If I when I saw that, I thought I have no idea what this is. Then I saw a trailer. I saw the font. I heard some you know familiar music. I said, oh, this must be Harry Potter. So I made the connection and that was marketing. So I think the name is important, but I really, but I don't think they can really use a name like Lord of the Rings just because that name is so tied to that narrative that Tolkien created, which was adapted into Academy Award winning movies by Jackson. I agree. That would be like calling the Hobbit movies the Lord of the Rings, the Hobbit. It would be really weird, and when you first start watching it, yes, you'd see Hobbits, and you'd think the Lord of the Rings, because it's put in the same world, but it would seem overall weird. And back to the original question, I think it's going to be really hard... uh, Wait, what was the original question again? Is Uh, Obi-Wan versus Lord of the Rings, right? All right, yeah, so as uh, Penguin said... The Star Wars series has been out for so many years, and it's been consistent. Whereas The Lord of the Rings had books in the 1900s, and then once all those books were published, granted there's still books being published today, uh, there were two trilogies, and the first trilogy took place, I don't even know how many years ago, at least two decades. 2001, 2 and 3. So that's an incredible incredibly long amount of time ago 
and a lot of people who might be watching the series might not even have been born then. Whereas The Hobbit was more recent, and it was not as memorable. Which is pretty unfortunate, because I think if it was as memorable and as good as the original Lord of the Rings trilogy, then it would still be getting talked about today, and then there would be more hype for the show. But I really agree with what Penguin said. The Obi-Wan Kenobi show is going to instantly get more attention just because it is Star Wars. And even this year, we're going to see how many other Star Wars episodes, shows... We don't know, but there's going to be at least The Mandalorian, and I think I think the Ashoka series is coming out next year, but there's going to be a Rogue, Rogue Squadron. There's been a couple of other things that come to mind. Uh, but something we haven't discussed is, you know, you're looking at that Disney announcement for Star Wars and seeing how many things they're talking about and how many other things that have existed. You know, I wonder how long it's gonna going to be before we see that same thing done to Lord of the Rings, the the just complete commercialization of it. I mean, imagine. Sure, remember the rumors of young Aragorn. Well, I mean, I wonder if we're actually going to see that become a reality or a young Rangers TV series aimed at children and so forth, or Glorkok the Glorkok the friendly orc. You know. Ping, I'll, I'll, I'll aim this at you. So you are now Jennifer Solke, the head of Amazon Studios and filming. You have to make five um, Lord of the Rings base shows using the IP. Which ones would you make? You have to make five. Unless the thinker of the current deal, you have to go away from the first age. But you can use the second and third age, and other people can expand this afterwards as well. Well, uh, so, five shows. Okay, well... Let's just say that this show, this current show is set in the, uh, you know, this is, this show is focused on the forging of the rings and battle of Guathlo. I'd, uh, you know, kind of keep that in similar tone to the Lord of the Rings movies. I'd then have a sequel series to that, which is, uh, picking up at the, uh, downfall of Numenor, the last Alliance, you know, culminating in the death of Isildur. Uh, I'd also do another series, which is focused on the downfall of the Nazgul, that uh, kind of outline that I've shared with you and we can discuss later. And then maybe do a uh, uh, another series, maybe a, make it be about the fall of Arnor. And uh, that could be a little bit more... Uh, Hen, do you remember when someone posted an idea for an anthology series kind of talking about the fall of Arnor, you know, each episode being about... a you know, a few decades to a few centuries between each other. Was was that on Reddit? Or um, do you remember that conversation? I don't remember that, but, but I actually have to say, when I first heard that Amazon is doing a series, my instinct was that it would be about the fall of Arnold because there was so much set up in yeah. that plotline in The Hobbit that it almost seems too perfect. Yeah. Talk about Angmar all the time. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, but, you know. Yeah. And okay, and then I guess the last one, uh, you know, why not do that kid focused young rangers plot, which is about young rangers tasked to protect the borders of a shire and they have adventures with the silly hobbits around there, you know. But this is, you know, this is kind of like that Disney esque bastardization of Tolkien that, you know, Tolkien so dreaded, you know, in his letters. Yeah. Sorry, can you repeat that? It's called Rankin and Bass. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, 
this could be a podcast in itself because we are now 20 minutes in but that was a really interesting discussion and we can see what what this shows the potential that amazon has with this door doing ip but also can they stay in the competition with all these new shows coming out because you still have netflix with the witcher and witcher blood origin then you have I think it wasn't there originally meant to be five Game of Thrones sequels or spin-offs at once currently in the making. And then you have um, the 10 Marvel shows and you have the 10 Star Wars shows. So it'll be interesting to see maybe reflecting in 10 years now who which show did the best <clears throat> and who won. So now yeah, moving... the I'm sorry, I just want to finish and say with all of those shows coming out i mean there's massive competition for eyeballs and so amazon you know we they're investing an astronomical amount of money and you know with one billion dollars initially and we saw on reddit that the one ring said oh that's just the initial uh now it's looking like maybe another billion or three billion or something like that so I just, you know, so it just kind of thinks, okay, this is a high stakes winner takes all kind of thing. They have to be blow the competition away to re- uh, recover that budget. At the same time, the more money you spend, the more, uh, I don't want to say conservative, but the less risk you're going to take with the storytelling, the more conventional you are going to be with everything. So, you know, which, and there's, which kind of leads to why, why do most blockbusters suck? Because they're all the same story and they don't try to do anything to rock the boat. But anyway, sorry. I think it may or may not stand out because 10 Disney series, or I, I don't think they're all Star Wars series, but even if there's just three Star Wars series in one year, that's a lot of Star Wars. And if they just shove a bunch of bad content down Star Wars fans' throats, then it's going to leave a really bad effect, and then the Lord of the Rings on Prime series will probably shine. I was thinking that always a limitation with Star Wars and having these 10 um, new shows is that, in the end, even with The Mandalorian, it is great seeing we go, you can tell so many new stories in this massive universe, you're on these ships, you are going through light speed, you are seeing all these new planets, but in the end, it always goes back to the Empire, and stuff like, oh no, we have to be a part of a resistance, or always in the end goes back to the same themes. And as we mentioned earlier with the Mandalorian, it started going to other places in the galaxy, in other places. But it feels like with Star Wars, you always have to go back to Empire and an evil Dark Lord is back, the Jedi, for example. And maybe that's the limitation of Star Wars. You have to, yeah. You have I mean, to. Be- because I, do, I don't think that the glue in a film series can only be the setting. I think it has to be story points. And the great thing about the world that Tolkien constructed is that all the stories across all the ages are always the same conflict. It's always the free people against the Dark Lord. And so you can tell a wide variety of stories that still sit within that umbrella. Whereas with Star Wars, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of half measure. Yeah. It's, it's more, it's more unified Tolkien's work. I think it is. That, that's the, that's the advantage of it. Well, going back to Tolkien again now and the Amazon show. So if you're saying to neutral views, or coming or just viewers who have just seen Amazon 
I've seen that there's a show based on the Lord of the Rings. And of course, it'd be not, it's not on the actual events, the Lord of the Rings, but mm-hmm. same IP. What do you think Amazon should do to entice viewers? So do a specific marketing thing or do thing that thinks, oh yeah, I want to watch a show. Like for example, Obi-Wan have, as I keep going back to that show, but like they've cut in half saying this is an Obi-Wan Kenobi show and they've done that. So what, what guy, what things do you guys think that Amazon could do to maybe entice viewers in? I think they need to link it to the Lord of the Rings trilogies, including The Hobbit, of course, because if they show, and now I'm totally not against this, I want to make myself very clear, there has been a huge uproar about this, if they do an Olag High sitcom, people aren't going to know anything about that, it's going to seem really foreign, really strange, and they're going to wonder why it, what's, what's connecting it to the Lord of the Rings trilogy, so they need to Maybe introduce characters like Gladriel, Elrond, and similar elves and places, even themes. And um, I think we said this in a previous podcast when we were talking about Gondorian architecture. If they include Numenor's architecture and make it similar to that of Gondor's, then it's going to kind of remind people of that series and it can bring some of those viewers in. And I think it's all just how um, it's sort of subconscious. If they make, if they remind people of the previous trilogies, maybe um, even include the same soundtracks, I think that could have a really good effect on bringing in some new viewers to this series from the old Lord of the Rings trilogy twenty years ago. In fact, I think from memory, we have some information to suggest that the show is being pitched as the backstory of Galadriel and Elrond. So, in comparison with something like an Obi Wan show. This is a kind of Galadriel show, and so, yeah. Uh, At least I, the first you... season. I don't know if it's going to, like, if they carry on with Galadriel's storyline the whole way through. The for me would uh, be Galad- Galadriel, but he dies at some point. So, you know, I, uh, no spoilers. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was, hey, yeah, uh, be sure to bleep this part out. Okay. Uh yeah, when you're, you know, when you're presenting this, I mean, yeah, you just have to present this as the, you know, the prequel to Lord of the Rings, you know, before there were, I imagine trailer voice guy, before there were hobbits, before there was uh, Last Alliance, there was rings, something like that. Uh, but, you know, it all comes down to how you establish this, because, you know, outside of these three main names, Sauron, Galadriel, Elrond, yeah, there's really not a whole lot linking it to it. You have cultures, uh, and I think which, but, you know, I, I have full faith in the marketing to bring in the audience. I'm just concerned about the, you know, about the end product. Because, you know, I've always felt like, okay, if they were going to do the Forging of the Rings as the whole focus of, say, five seasons, is there really enough content to do that with? Because you have to invent so much. Then I thought, okay, well, maybe half the show would be about the Forging of the Rings and the second half would be about uh, the latter epoch of the age. Well, uh, it seems like there's too much content to cut it up that way. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, it just delivers on execution, but you have to find common ground, I think with the movies. And even though I'm as much as I'm, I would love to see a long form streaming remake of Lord of the Rings. uh, You know, I think they're most likely going to go with the same 
stuff from the movies that everyone knows and loves, or at least except for me, such as those silly curved elves, the dwarf, uh, the dwarves that never met a you know harsh geometric angle they didn't like, uh, orcs and just really over the top ridiculous spiky outfits and so forth. Uh, Howard Shore, I appreciate his soundtrack, so uh, no uh, criticisms there, but. <laughs> I think they have to tie themselves to the movies for better or worse. What it's worth, Howard Shore has composed a Numenor theme. It's not really used in the movies, but it's there. Uh, Was that going to be in the uh, prologue? It's in an alternate version of the prologue, yes, and it's essentially a Numenor theme. It's a Second Age Gondor theme, basically almost the same thing. Um, it's a kind of version of the Gondor theme that goes another way with the melody. It's, it's a Numenor theme, basically. Well, so, I cannot even remember the new, new, uh, Gondor theme off the top of my head, so I'm going to have to go look that up. Lighting of the beacons. That, that's, that's the, no, no, wait. Yes, that, that's the melody, yeah. Okay. But well, what do you guys think the flagship character should be? I know you say Galadriel, for example, but do you think Amos would go as far to have Sauron in his same costume or alpha as he was in the lord of the rings because that would entice a lot of viewers in just seeing sauron with his big mace with those with that massive mask on do you think that would entice viewers potentially as well yes i think in a teaser trailer especially they could show sauron in all of his fancy spiky armor that's probably a bit impractical um but as for the actual series itself teaser potential teaser trailer aside i think that he should not start out in the costume so to speak because then that means he's not going to be shown as anatar which pretty much means it's going to be a direct prequel to the lord of the rings trilogy which it really shouldn't be because all the characters are totally different so i think he should start off as anatar and then in the second season he adopts the Sauron armor that we see in the trilogy. And of course they can change it, but many games and other adaptations built off of the movies have included different variations of the Sauron armor. So it doesn't have to be the same exact armor. It can be a different offshoot of it. It just has yeah. to be remotely similar, spiky, a little bit red or a little bit black, either way. And he's I, also got to be really tall. You know, I yeah, I really like that armor. I like it a lot. Uh, I, but but um what was it? Oh god. Um Um Sauron should appear as Anatar and we've been making a lot of Star Wars comparisons and this one's gonna be not very comfortable. But it's kind of Revenge of the Sith, this whole thing. What uh, Sauron <laughs> as uh, Emperor Palpatine slash Darth Absolutely, yes. Yeah, Absolutely. I, I mean I agree I agree with that. Uh I've always felt, well, you know, I, you, you and I have talked about this on Reddit. I mean, I think a lot of this comes down to how is the show done? Is Do we as the audience know that Sauron and Anatar are, spoilers, the same guy? Or are we going to, or is it set up to be just as, as much a surprise to the characters on screen as it, you know, as it should be to us? And I don't think that last option is very likely because anyone, I think with two brain cells will rub together, will think... Well, as soon as Anatar says, hey, let's uh, make some magic rings. That'll solve all your problems, and people will connect the dots. So well, Otherwise, otherwise, it wouldn't make sense. Like, if we're going to watch uh, Anatar and Sauron um, and follow him, because he is one of the major characters of the Second Age, so we're going to have to see him. 
um, he would be a very flat character if we didn't see what was going on behind the scenes. You know, I think you could do interesting things with uh, with Sauron's character. He doesn't have to be flat because uh, as I, it's either unfinished tales or Simorillion or or maybe it's all it's all of them where uh, someone can provide the exact reference, but. Tolkien says that some people believe that Sauron was re- repented of his evil deeds at the, you know, during the course of the first age, but he was too proud to go to the West and basically be punished in prison for it. So he fled. And so he could actually come to the elves with the intention of, okay, let's make the world a paradise. Let's stop you guys from fading. Uh, but you know, he, as a kind of a, you know, with a control freak that he, we, that we all know he is thinks, okay, we can best achieve this. If you guys just do exactly what I say, but I still have your best intentions at heart though. And as the series progresses with every, he becomes more focused on his, you know, achieving power as the goal for getting whatever noble end that he has of it. So by the end of the show, or, you know, by the, you know, Whenever that is, he's now the full-on Dark Lord. Good intentions be damned. Give me the power. So, I mean, he could shift, but yeah, it's just... Is it uh, Balron is definitely a round enough character, and of course, he's not nearly as round as some other characters, being the villain. Uh, he is definitely round enough to be the focus of the show. I've already said that I think he will be, and I'm going to stand by that till we've got a trailer. Oh yeah, I 100% agree. What I'm What I meant was if they only show the good side of him and not what goes on behind the scenes, like the bad, like why he's doing what he's doing, then I don't know if he would be interesting enough to have as one of the main characters. Wait, is but, it? Do you yeah, sorry, time you need up. something exciting to come in and cause disruption, and he does, so Which, it like does, do that? he doesn't have to be the main character, but his effects on Middle-earth can be the central aspect of the show, so it's not necessarily Sauron himself becoming Sauron from being Anatar or his disguise as Anatar, but it can just be about I don't know, like the shutting of the Moria gates. That can be one of the that is one of the side effects of Sauron being evil, as well as um, the forging of the rings, Celebrimbor's death. That was all because of Sauron, and essentially everything that happened in the Second Age was because of Sauron. If it was not for Sauron, it would have been a very boring age. What was what? that? Everything that happens all the time is because of Sauron. Yeah, pretty I much. know I'm beginning to think he's really Eru Luvatar in disguise. Do you think it's possible for Amazon? Do you think it's possible for Amazon to make the switch from Am to um from Anatar to Sauron as discreet as possible? Because I, as Penguin mentioned earlier, it doesn't take a lot for someone to notice straight away. This Anatar guy, guy could be Sauron. He's mentioning rings and making some. Where have I heard that before? But do you think Amazon could do this properly and be able to actually make this discreet and, and actually make people make, of course not us, but fools or other beliefs, be like, oh, he makes he wants to make magic rings, but I think he's doing it for a good cause. Do you think that's possible? Do you think that's possible for Amazon to actually complete? I think we'll see it. It's just not going to be a main part of the story because... Stranger Things, for example, when the second, or no, I think the third season ended, there were like 10 loose ends, and everyone was looking up on the internet, what happened to so-and-so? Is so-and-so dead? And that created a whole, a whole lot of hubbub about the show, and if 
every single time there's something that you're unsure about in a series, you can just go and Google it and find a definite answer via the book or whatever else it may be, then it's going to take out a lot from the show. It's going to make it less mysterious. And really, the show can't be mysterious at all because it's already laid out in the book. So what they're going to have to do is make really good characters rather than just mystery. Like the Mandalorian, we know what happens roughly in a Star Star Wars plot, but the Mandalorian has a great character, um, is a great character, and has great character development. Baby Yoda is awesome as well. And if it was all mystery, like finding out what would happen to the Empire and stuff like that, you already know what's going to happen, so why would you watch a show figuring out why it's going to happen if the show in of itself is not interesting? Oh, well, uh, you can you can do you can make an interesting story where you sort of know the ending of it. I mean, every I think the prequel, the Star Wars prequels, very interesting concept. Poor, you know, poorly executed. The scripts needed a couple more rewrites and someone who knows how to write dialogue. Uh, but, you know, there is a sense of there is a lack of anticipation surprise when you're watching, say, just going Star Wars prequels, and you know that, well, Obi-Wan has to survive. Okay, this character has to survive. Uh, Anakin's going to turn to Darth, turn into Darth Vader, but at the same time, you want to see how they're doing. And the interesting thing about how they do it, the, second, the interesting thing about the Second Age is, sure, even if you figure out that early on that Anatar is Sauron, you still want to see how he does that. There's still enough missing details in the text that you can uh that there's room to interpret stuff because i mean the you know going back to jumping to the lord of the rings prologue you know from the movies you would think that sauron was about to kill isildur when he chops off his feet you know then he stupidly reaches for him and isildur chops off his hands looks cool looks dramatic doesn't make a lot of sense you know from reading the books that ilandil and gilad mortally wounded sauron then Isildur either delivered the coup de gras and killed Sauron and, and took the ring, or he just took the ring from the dying Sauron's hand. So a lot less dramatic. But there's a lot that you can do with such a scene because, once again, the details are sparse, and Tolkien fans will argue whether or not Isildur killed him, you know, killed him at all or just uh, took his corpse, you know? Just took the ring from his corpse. the latter is pretty clear. Excuse me? I'm, I'm, I'm huge. I'm big on inevitability. I think drama thrives not on surprises, but on inevitability. And especially a tragedy like what happens to Celebrimbor. If you know that something bad is going to happen, it doesn't make that bad thing less dramatic. Like um, Lawrence of Arabia opens with the death of T.E. Lawrence and then flashes back. Lots of movies do that, and it's sometimes some for something to be foredoomed doesn't make it less compelling. It makes it more it, compelling. And I think that's the, that's the case here, and it's kind of you know, Sir Alfred Hitchcock has had this example of suspense where he said, you know, you can surprise an audience by having two characters speak, and then a bomb goes off from under the table over which they are talking, and you have a surprise and you shock the audience for five minutes, for a minute. You can have, if you show the bomb to the audience, then you will have suspense for the duration of the scene because the audience knows something that the characters on screen don't. It's the same with the sinking of the Titanic. James Cameron takes, what, 20, 25 minutes to make sure that his audience knows that the ship is going to sink. 
I thought so, we knew it was going to sink from the title. Yeah, but but you know what? <laughs> if you lived under a rock, James Cameron does a 20, 25-minute framing device to make sure that you know that the ship is going to sink, you know how it's going to sink. The characters don't, and that creates suspense. And well, you could well and things. they could have... The show could have, or sorry, the movie could have been on what really happened to the Titanic and how it was taken up by aliens. Uh, not, it did not sink for sure. I think we all know that here. It was, if, if was, if was Godzilla. They struck an iceberg that was suspended. Either one, right? aliens or yeah. Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Just to throw a curveball in there, do you think Amazon could risk it and actually have to bring a brand new character that we, that no talking fans or talking law masters have heard of? But he's actually Anatar, but name him, I don't know, Galimar or something. And would they wait, take before... that? Wait, let me. Would they take that risk? And then, so even for us talking fans, we're thinking, wait, where's Sauron? Is this person actually Sauron? Because effectively, they are kind of completing the goal of trying to confuse us. And it may be really risky, but it is. It just popped into my head. Could we see a brand new character that we've never seen before? We were thinking, is that Anatar? Is it not? Or well, that's not his name, so it might not be. And that could be playing in with our minds, which it could have worked, but it just is. How how will Amazon do that? I think they totally could, and if they just completely. Not even just changed Antar's name, but made him a different character. I think that would definitely confuse viewers. And back to uh, Anatar being a big part of the story, what I was saying is that imagine you're reading an Agatha Christie novel, which are, I think most of them are, at least all of them, are just murder mysteries. And imagine you know who's going to die, who killed them, how when, where, all of that stuff. Then the novel, the entire novel's spoiled. Granted, she was a really good writer, so you'll probably still be reading the novel. Um, But the issue is, if you know how it's going to be done, and the whole thing is a mystery slash suspense, and in the story, just the story itself, not like extra resources like a website would be to the show telling you that Anatar is Sauron, then um, it can set a it can kind of confuse you and it can spoil the show and it won't make sense. And well, I think the, I think what they have to do is make it a drama, not a suspense. I like, agree. Uh, yes. You can, you can, it can't be a mystery. It can't be, Oh, who's sus- Anatar the entire first season. Yeah. Mysteries and suspense, suspense movies, you know, I'll watch once and I'll think, man, that was great, but I won't have desire to watch it again. Uh, because how, cause it's really a, thrill and you know seeing what happens and once you know what happens well it's it loses its power whereas drama can still have power i mean i I know that lord of the rings is incredibly rewatchable because you know it's a drama you can feel the emotion you can feel the pain and the loss from gandalf dying you can feel pain and loss from all sorts of things emotion be moved to tears uh you know and that's also and you know so and that's also really well executed filmmaking but they're not going for suspense they're going for drama uh, i think the excitement lies in um us knowing what what he is and then the frustration of seeing all of these people being fooled by him and then um i think they might not bring in like call him something else or uh make him like a new character, I think that would be too risky. But what they might do is maybe add little aspects to the story, like more events, more 
it, they'll have the start and the finish line and they'll have all of the vital events in between, but we'll see him fooling more people. So we'll sit there and we'll be like, why Why can't you see that this person is evil? Why can't you see that this is bad? Why? Why? Um, I think that would be good. I mean, I don't think, I think it just comes down to execution. I mean, knowing that, no, yeah, what you said, Anatar, knowing that he's Sauron, I think would make it more rewatchable. It would, you know, so, you know, sure, there wouldn't be that massive reveal to the audience, but you still have the reveal to the characters on screen, which, you know, depending on execution, can be very well done. Uh, but as far as you said, going back to your question, Fellowship, about having a new character... I mean, suppose they break a little with Tolkien and make the being of Anatar be some sort of, ast you know, projection, uh, you know, some simul simulcrum, uh, you know, of character when he's really all the way in his tower in Mordor. Or maybe you could have Anatar really be, you know, be present. Uh, Sauron is really present there as Anatar while having a second stand stand in for Sauron far away, being the threat that he's pretending to mobilize people against. I mean, there's a lot of things they can do with this. We know that the Tolkien estate has some sort of veto over the production. We also don't know the what their requirements for using that veto are, what they deem beyond the pale and not. So, you know, we'll see. I think there's a lot that you can do, but... Yeah. yeah. And just to um, round, round back up to the main discussion, the main topic of today's podcast, which is the rivalry and the potential shows that Amazon might have to face. And we'll go in order from Hen to Nikki to um to Penguin, then to Galifane. So please remember that. So we'll go in that order. So once the last person finishes, the next person goes. And could each of you um give which show do you believe that Amazon will be directly against? And so for example, like not of a like a DC slash Marvel thing. But because we're going to have maybe 30, 40 new shows, which one out of all of them do you think will be, okay, we're going to pin that one against the um, Lord of the Rings show? And for me, mine is House of Dragon, but we'll start with Hen. I agree. I think it will be the, that's what it's called, House of Dragons. Okay. Um, I think it will be that because, like I said, most of the other, as far as I know, most of the other stuff is the adventure genre. Uh, whereas this, you've just been talking about Anatar, and the whole thing is Anatar and Galadriel really kind of eyeing for influence in Eri in Eregion. You know, Anatar, Anatar wants Galadriel on, tries to get, not tries actually manages to drive her out. That, that sort of thing. It's it's polit it's a political thing. It's not a journey. It's not it's not that. And so it's much more like Game of Thrones in that way. Game of Thrones have become a bit of a trigger word, so I always try to compare it to something else that is also political, but it's it's like Game of Thrones in that way. Not like Star Wars, not like Marvel. Yeah, very true, and I wish this worked one time, but Nikki, what's your one? Um, well, I think... It's it's really hard to predict because we don't exactly know 100% when this show is going to come out. Um, and also there are show, shows popping up left, right and center. And all of these are on a streaming service, which means that you can watch them and you don't have to watch them 
when they're actually on air anymore. So they're not competing in that sense. I think a lot of people will watch more than one show. Um, I think the biggest challenge that Amazon will face is winning over both the hardcore fans of Tolkien and The Lord of the Rings and also gaining new followers because there are a lot of people that have never even heard of Lord of the Rings. There are a lot of people that didn't like the movies, haven't read the books, and don't don't even enjoy that that genre at all. But they have seen Game of Thrones and they love that. So I think their main challenge is winning the hearts of the audience so they will stick around and keep watching. Exactly. And yep, and the next penguin, Richard. Uh I don't really know because I mean uh Nikki raised a great point. This is an age of streaming. They're not competing, uh, you know, with the competing for the prime time television eyeballs. Uh, so, and this is you can watch this whenever you want. But there's so many shows out there. There's so many different options. So, uh, you know, it's really it's really hard to say. Uh, you know, I'm I'm probably unusual in this group in that I'm not a huge fantasy fan. I mean, Lord of the Rings. Love it, adore it, read all of it that I can, read the books more times than I can count. I mean, that's probably the only fantasy series that that I've actually been able to get get into once I turned 14 or 14, you know, 20 so odd years ago. So, uh, you know, it's hard to say. Uh, it's going to be a crowded marketplace and you can really see, get the sense that Amazon's going all in and with all in with this show to make themselves, you know, uh, Disney has its own library and has Star Wars and Marvel. Then Amazon's basically, I seeing how they've got, uh, what is it, the other one, Wheel of Time? Maybe they're trying to be the fantasy center of the streaming world now. Which reminds me, Disney has Hobbit Light, also known as Willow. And Percy yeah. Jackson. That's a new show coming Which, out. Oh, no. Didn't, weren't oh, there some movies made about that? No, they're making an exclusive um, Disney Plus TV show on that as well. Hmm. Wait, were the last shows also by Disney or Warner No, Rose? I don't think so. I'm not sure, but uh, no, it's not by Disney. And and finally, Galifian, oh. do you think it could be a Star Wars show that could compete against Lord of the Rings show? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think it'll be the Acolyte series. That's going to be the one it'll compete most with. This is because it seems to be a Sith-focused show, and of course we don't know. We don't know this, and if it's not, I'm sure one of the other upcoming Star Wars shows will be. But regardless, I think the Amazon show will be focusing on Sauron, and having two shows of different kinds about the bad guys, or rather bad guy, can create conflict in viewers. They won't know which one to watch. And I really don't know which series viewers will choose. It just depends which one's better. But my money is on the Lord of the Rings on Prime because their money is a billion dollars in production. Yes. And we have to say, I, many people won't, won't like this, but Star Wars hasn't been having a very good track record. <laughs> Mandalorian's really their only good anything or popular anything aside from the Clone Wars and the original trilogy. Yeah. I mean, I, I enjoyed Rogue One. But it was really good. It, it, it was dull. Because of the ending. 
The because dole, no yeah. series does the bad guys all die. Nobody in nobody nobody in their TV shows makes the world blow up. And that's so close to the world blowing up and that really made me happy. Yeah, well, I mean it was kind of it, you know, the first half was okay. I felt like the second act was a little bit of a mess. Like the guy that was limping around in the weird rebreather, I was kind of wondering what's going on? Uh, what is all this? And then the third act saved it. But I think yeah, what really elevated it all is, up. yeah, what really elevated, I think everyone is just going crazy over that minute of Darth Vader just, you know, slaughtering everyone in the hallway. We're like, oh, this is the Darth Vader we wanted to see all along. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, and that's I, wonder, scene... I wonder how I would feel about the entire movie if that scene wasn't in there. Yeah. And I think Amazon can show a similar scene in their series to sort of link it to the other trilogy, just like Rogue One did. And as for the ending of the show, I think it would be awesome if we saw everyone get blown up in the show. There's a line in, uh, so after decades, I just got my hands on, again, The Lost Road, which contains the earliest conceptions of Numenor. And one of the things that's interesting reading all of those initial ones is, and this is before The Hobbit was part of the world, before the Third Age was even conceived, and Tolkien was writing about how the elves, when they went to war against Sauron, who in that narrative is called Thu, uh, that was basically the last service that they gave to the younger race men after them, uh, essentially implying that the vast majority of elves died in that war, which is why, and then you look, and then you look ahead to the Third Age and you realize the elves don't really do anything, you're like, huh. Let's do that. Uh, this could be an interesting concept. Let most of the elves die. Let the most of the strength of the Numenorean survivors die. So in the end, sure, Gondor at its height is great, but it's still just a freaking shadow of even the remnant of Numenor at the end of the age, you know? Continue with that whole theme of decline and decay. Yeah. And talking about that happening in TV shows, I think... A similar example to a Rogue One-esque thing was in Vikings. I'm not sure if everyone, anyone's seen this, seen it here. When Ragnar Lothbrok, your main character, most popular character, you kill him off in season four. Which, and I think that's like a Rogue One-esque moment. It's like, for example, having Aragorn, having Aragorn die probably maybe at, at the end of the Fellowship is on that level. That was like for Vikings. So you can see how... You mean, you mean, you mean like Gandalf? Oh, okay. yeah, but he came back to life, and Ragnar doesn't, so can't really compare it. But yeah. Yeah, similar to Game of Thrones too, like it became very popular with Game of Thrones as well to kill off main characters yeah. when you least expected it, sort of. So I think that's the thing. But you are when you're making something based on a book, you are kind of tied to at least keeping the main characters that do survive throughout the books and the stories alive. So if they kill one of those off, it will be. A lot of issues with a lot of people, I think. I mean, and that's why it would be really have... interesting if they focused on Calabrimbor because he does die. He meets a very bad, painful end. The first season is focused on him and his people. Then that could have a very dramatic, good. Yeah, ending. I was going to say that. Would like, wouldn't it be? Wouldn't it be interesting if Calabrimbor was more of a secondary character, and the chief character you followed was? Uh, you know, another ringsmith. Let's call him Alf the Elf. And, uh, you know, he works with Celebrimbor. He works with Sauron. And then, you know, he gets he gets killed. You're not expecting, you're expecting Celebrimbor to die. Because, uh, you know, people have either seen the movies 
uh, know the elves are betrayed, or they played those shadows games where never mind what they do to the Tolkien lore, uh, or you looked it up on Wikipedia, but no one knows about Alf the Elf, and then he dies in you know horrible fashion, or when Sauron puts on the one ring. Sure, the elves take off the rings, but I still think it would be fantastic if the bearers of the 16 that later go to elves and men basically are driven half crazy by the experience. And he's one of those people, you know, I think there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of side characters or even main characters that can be invented out of thin air. Oh yeah. It could be interesting if they made, made like a few storylines with side characters that find out that who Anatar is or that he has evil plans and then they get killed off. Like it would be (laughs) interesting to see a little bit of a, more of a drama there more people about to find out and then they don't about to be told and then they don't and then stuff just happens i'm thinking right now i'm just thinking of uh when you say that finding out the nefarious plans i'm thinking of hot fuzz where the black guys in the robes you know kill the random townspeople you know uh (laughs) (laughs) yeah well good work yeah and yeah, also, or, you know, you or know. include characters from the movies Gildor and Glorion, uh, Arrestor, just all these random named Lofindo, elves. That, Mova, uh, right? Yeah, yeah he, well, he's a fan favorite. Everyone knows him. But yeah. I was thinking these lesser known guys that are mentioned once or twice by name, and that's it. Yeah. I, I bet, like, if, if they do a Woodland Realm subplot, very, very few people will know who Orofer is. Very, very few. Uh, oh, yeah. That'd be a great one. That whole rivalry and distrust of the Noldor he has that leads to all his people getting killed. Yeah, that'd be that'd be interesting. If if they are building towards, if they have plans to do the Last Alliance, any stage, even in a spin-off show, they'll probably do a Woodland Realm subplot. Yeah, and there's so many avenues, you see so many opportunities that Amazon can take. And just to wrap up now, I think one interesting thing that we should look at is because we know Lord of the Rings on Prime is coming, I said the name is coming on Amazon Prime, but the final season of Vikings is being exclusively shown on, I think on December the 30th on Amazon Prime, so the History Channel. So it's interesting to see because that final season is basically um, Amazon's Game of Thrones season eight. Hopefully it doesn't end like that, but and that's the kind of thing that... Um, uh, Jeff Bezos and Amazon wants another Game of Thrones. No matter how people like that statement or not, it is a fact. And this is and this is basically history. Uh, um, Amazon's until probably when the Amazon Lord Rings TV show comes out, they're closing. They're gonna get. It's interesting to see how that does on Amazon Prime and how many viewers come in. And of of course, a lot of that's got to do with um the quality of the show, how interesting it is, are people compelled, but also is how it's marketed and how people add might actually tune in as well but we're going to wrap up so firstly thank you Ken no problem thank you Penguin thanks for having me as always and thank you Galifain good being on and thank you Nikki no worries mate always good to be here this was hope everyone at home enjoyed it as well it was a really interesting conversation And if you haven't already, please like, subscribe until the next video for me and for the next um, um, and for the next podcast and you'll see everyone else. Goodbye.